last time on Wild Space. So yeah, you're standing there, right, right at the the outset of the of the empty cell, and you can hear faintly some cantina music playing. And uh, there you are, standing at the uh, at the front of the entrance of the cantina. There, on the inside, only Sawyer sees this, but in the far corner, there's a hooded human sitting at a booth, and he's just peering at you, and he won't take his eyes off. You note that person as a Bothan. That Bothan appears to be speaking into a comlink, but he sees you coming towards him, and he bolts, runs, top speed. He bolts? That was not what I was looking for. <laughs> this is not the way I wanted this to go. All you can see is the Bothan's snout, his eyes, and the muzzle of his blaster, and he fires. Oh no. <laughs> okay. As you do that, as you make yourself a much larger target, <laughs> you hear the pop. That may be familiar to you, may not be familiar to you, but I would assume it's probably pretty familiar to Vecdugo. It is the very familiar pop of a long-ranged weapon, and a blaster bolt sails right past your head and hits just behind you. Roll for initiative. Novice gank bounty hunter Vec Dugo and the critically acclaimed resplendent robe-wearing Sawyer Jax arrived at a cantina in Soul Town in search of information on the Provite or the mysterious Sith Alchemist. Instead, they were discovered by a Bothan spy. The spy's cover was compromised and he bolted out the back door of the cantina with Vec and Sawyer giving chase, only to be led into a trap like fish in a barrel. As sniper fire rained down on the Wild Space Megacorp employees, the Bothan spy escaped their grasp and they scrambled for cover in the city square, clearly outgunned. They eventually made it safely back into the cantina, shaken and stirred. Gentlemen, I do have a reminder for you. We have one dark side and one light side point on the board for use. You have successfully made it back into the cantina. And I believe last episode when we ended, I believe Sawyer Jex had the bartender by the scruff of the neck and pulled him over the bar, which is completely out of your character, by the way. I'm appalled. I was quite upset. I mean, I would just, I, <laughs> I had just been experiencing raining sniper fire. I mean, Vec Dugo may perhaps have enjoyed that slightly more than the uh, resplendent robe wearing con man. <laughs> <laughs> Being pinned down by gunfire is not his idea of a great day. So he's, He's pretty. Uh, he, he's pretty annoyed right now. Well, if you would, uh, if you, if you'd like to take it from there, just tell me what you guys want to do. You had pulled him over the bar, and you demanded to know any information that he had on the Bothan spy. And I believe he just stared at you, clearly shaken, and said, "Do you want to buy some death sticks?" Vec is standing further back from Sawyer, just seething. Like, if, if there was a, any kind of animalistic vibe that a, a gank could ever give, this is it. Just seething and breathing fury. 
just not saying a word and letting Sawyer do his thing. Sawyer is admittedly taken aback just a little bit by the nearly nonsensical response from this person asking if they want to buy death sticks and kind of puts his puts his hands up and looks at Vec and looks at the bartender and sort of points the bartender at Vec like, do, do you see what's about to happen? <laughs> like you, you must know how this is going to go very soon here. And I just kind of like pantomime like back and forth with my hands just completely aghast and i and i just look at him and 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 i say death sticks don't you know that death sticks is is just that's what balasar do when they're scared they offer everybody death sticks (laughs) (laughs) okay so the balasar you can tell that he's that he's frightened but he there's a part of him that that wants to still try and look kind of cool, like kind of keep his, he wants to keep his ego going with his patrons in there. So he's really fighting through his fear. And he puts his hands up and gets your hands and he's like trying to push your hands away from his and uh, let go and I'll tell you what you want to know. S- Sawyer takes a second here and, and I think he like realizes just how terrified uh, this person is. He doesn't really want to let up on this because he's still pretty upset. But at the same time, he sort of like he, he sort of shakes out, shakes out his, his collar and everything. Uh, and then he looks back at Vec and he, and he just kind of holds a hand up uh, to say like, OK, OK, we got this. It's like uh, so he says uh, he says to him, he goes, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps we should, uh, find a, a quieter spot so that you can enlighten us about, uh, you know, what's, what's kind of going on here. My, uh, associate would, uh, love to, to escort you over to that booth, say right over there. And he points to the booth where the Bothan was. The Balasar bartender turns around and he gets the attention of a, of a, an Ugnot, a small Ugnot. He looks like he works there. Um, so he points at the Ugnot and then he, he points at it, at his location. Doesn't even say a word. He just points at the Ugnot and points at the location and he turns around and he follows you to the booth. Okay. Um, all right. So we take, so we're at the booth. Um, all right. So Vec is just seething as, as I've already talked about. Does the does the Ugnot sit with us? Uh, the Ugnot, no. The Ugnot um, stays at the bar, and he he clearly took the direction from the Balasar to tend or tend the bar while he's gone. So the so the Ugnot is the bar back, and this is his big moment. <laughs> he got moved up to to head bartender. He's been waiting his whole Ugnot life for this moment. This is it. That's you're absolutely right. He is the bar back and and you can tell that he's he's grazed, grabbed a small metal stool and pushed it up to the bar and then stepped up on the stool so he can reach over. He's like this is Johnny's big day. <laughs> Let's do this. This is That's what right. you've been preparing for. <laughs> you are you are correct. So I I don't say anything. I just start taking like it's pulling on the tips of my gloves. While I'm at the while I'm at the seat, and just slowly start taking them off, which ganks don't do. Be very clear, ganks always remain covered, but there's a certain situation when a gank may or may not show themselves. So he just slowly starts taking off the gloves, and then you see his reddish 
kind of fur just kind of starting to come out and the claws kind of coming off of his hands. And he just sets, throws the glove down. Actually, he throws it at the guy. I want to throw it at him. And I just take my claws and dig them into the table and bring them back to a resting position and just stare. And then I say, where is he? Uh, where's who? I take my hand, my other, starts to take my other glove off, sit it down. Now you're seeing two kind of furry claws. Like, do you know how hands are tense and you can see like the, the tendons and everything all that? Just kind of just sitting there. Are you the contact? Uh, contact for what? I'm not, I'm a bartender. This is what I do. I run this cantina. I used to be in a cell in the prison and I'm no longer in a cell in the prison and you're in here busting me up over nothing that I did. I did nothing. I am tending bar. That is it. What kind of information do you want? As I said, I will help you. Soul Town is a peaceful place. We are tired of being incarcerated. We want to live in peace. Now tell me what you want and get out of here. Friend, let me let me tell you a little bit about why we are maybe so uh, agitated right now. Obviously, you can tell from my associate that this has been a rough day for him. Uh, the fact that you are seeing his fingernails, uh, you should count yourself lucky because, frankly, that's usually the last thing that most uh, species see uh, of a gank. So, I mean, really, uh, hats off to you. I mean, this is a special day all around. So, I think that maybe you could enlighten us as to who that individual was that was sitting in the very seat that you are sitting in right now before he unceremoniously ran out the back door. Now, what you may or may not know is that we ran after him. I'm sure you know that. What I know you don't know is that, well, there was some gunfire and, uh, you know, uh, things went pretty ugly and he got away guess all i really wanted to do was to ask him some questions but apparently he's gone now so that's the information that we're looking for i need you and i apologize for coming off a little gruff here but you know i don't love being shot at and i thought that maybe you had something to do with it but i can tell by the color in the back of your pants that that's probably not the case right now so why don't you tell me a little bit about what you know about the individual that was sitting right here and maybe you will walk away to tell a great story about what color the fingernails on a gank are. He sashayed in about 10 minutes before you did, and he just sat here staring at you the whole time, and the next thing I know, there's a gunfight in the square. I had nothing to do with it. If you want a Corellian brandy, I can get you one of those. All I'm telling you, friend, we don't like or need trouble here. I don't know the people who are after you, and I don't want to know the people who are after you. But if you could just make your way out of here, unless you have any other specific questions, I would appreciate you vacating my premises as soon as possible. Well, I can't just leave here empty handed. You have got to give me something that I can go with. So if I was looking to talk to somebody who knows things about this place, who might be able to answer the questions that you clearly do not know. Where do I find that person? This is a cantina. You are a bartender. This is your job to know things. That's all you do. That and sell death sticks, apparently. So why don't you hook us up with somebody that knows something here? 
And I, I mean, I really don't think I need to threaten you anymore. You seem to, to have a good grasp on what's going on here, but you got to give me something or things are going to go for a very long time because we are not leaving. You want to know something? I don't like you. Do you see that Ugnot back behind the bar? He doesn't like you either. But I am going to help you out because if it's the fastest way for you to get your little tussies out of my place, then that is the route that we're going to take. So here's the deal. You asked me one question, who the Bothan was. I have no idea who the Bothan was. Do you got anything else, smart guy in the robes? If I knew what other information you were looking for just besides that, I may be able to help you. A light bulb, a very dim light bulb, goes off on top of Sawyer Jex's head. Sawyer Jex leans over very quietly and he motions with one finger for the bartender to come a little bit closer. He says, come here for one sec. He leans in, obviously very interested at this point. And Sawyer Jex says the words, Sith Holocron. And then he looks deep into the eyes of the bartender to see what kind of reaction happens. He smiles back. He looks at the gank and he smiles at the gank. He leans back forward towards you and says, about 10 minutes before you walked in, right about the time the Bothan walked in, I was on the comms with a certain spaceport administrator. I'm sure you probably know who I'm talking about. He said, do everything you can to help these two off-worlders. So guess what? I'm gonna point you in the right direction. This is information that stays between you and I, and as soon as you have this information in hand, you're gonna sashay right out my front door and you're not gonna come back to the empty cell. Are we clear? Friend, I cannot tell you how happy it would make me to sashay out of your establishment. Now, although I don't know anything about a holocron, a Sith Lord, was at that super prison and he was conducting experiments. Now, nobody knows what those experiments were because he was doing some pretty sinister stuff. Like all I'm saying is that some of the employees, the Imperial employees that worked at that prison would hear screams coming out of that place. For some reason, his lab was inside a freezer. When all of our cell doors opened, nobody ever saw the Sith Lord again. That was it. He was off world with everybody else. That is the long and the short of it. Uh, so so uh, Vec doesn't do anything except he starts putting his gloves back on. And uh, he motions to uh, Sawyer to the back door that we came. Not the front door. Leave out the back door. Sawyer, uh, Sawyer sees Vec do go and he, he intends to, to comply. He's kind of looking over there. He's like, do you, do, you sell, do you sell that brandy to go? Can I get one of those to go? Is that possible? I'll give you two and they're on the house. I knew I liked this guy. All right, thank, thank you very much for your information. I'm sorry that we had to get off to such a rocky start. Thank you, thank you. He gets up, walks over to the bar. Uh, he says something to the Ugnot, does a little does a little double tap on the bar, and then he's got two to-go containers <laughs> in his hands, and he walks them back over and he hands them both to you. How did the Ugnot do at the bar while, while this was all going on? <laughs> Did he live up to his dream? 
He's not going to take a pole position. He's definitely not um, not beating out Tom Cruise in cocktail, but <laughs> he did pretty good for his grubby little hands. <laughs> All right, I grab the I grab the uh, Karelian, uh brandies and I uh, I head out the back door with uh, with Vec Dugo. I'm I'm I got a little bit of a hop in my step now because I'm feeling much better about things. I've got the brandies in my hand. I sort of hold one out to Vec and I go, huh? <laughs> I drink all of it. I just drink, drink all of it, one at all. Holy smokes, man! I mean, I know you worked up an appetite, but I mean, this is this is actually pretty decent stuff for a hole in the ground planet here with a super prison, which apparently we are now. I don't know. On our way to, are we going to a super prison? Is that next on the on the docket for us? So where are you guys standing currently? Uh, we're just leaving the, I believe we're leaving the um, cantina out, outside the back door. Okay, outside the back door of the cantina. Uh, your comm link goes off. Hey, guys, Dr. Colto here, uh, just checking in. Hey, um, you know they have a working barista droid at the uh, spaceport? <laughs> I made myself a Han Coco. You gotta try this thing when you get back. Hey, how's the search for the Sith going? Holy cow, it's a lot to un- unpack. <laughs> wow. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I look over at Beck and I'm like, my eyes are just pretty wide. And I'm like, kind of like, a, are you hearing this? <laughs> I give you a blank stare, just like, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, Dr. Colto, uh, you, uh, is this, uh, are, you a, are you normally a, a, a calf drinker? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, appreciate the heads up. Uh, you got uh, you got some information for us other than the the place has got some fairly potent calf uh, on tap. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was just calling to get an update. But um, uh, so so hey, listen. I um, uh, I think I do have some information for you. I've been talking quite a bit with the facility administrator here, Clyde Tubbs. He's actually a pretty helpful guy, I tell you. Um, so I kind of let him in on who we were and what our mission was. Um, yeah, I was kind of secure about it, but yeah, you know, we started throwing a few back and he's, he's a pretty good dude. So anyway, he's given me some pretty good information. It turns out there was a Sith alchemist operating on Diesel Prime. And he, um, he uh, I guess he had a lab at that old prison. So the problem is, um, with that whole scenario is that, well, one, he's not here anymore, but two, the Dune Mercs are all over that freaking place, and apparently it's locked down tighter than a Gungan's brain capacity. So I'll do some more work and see what I can do on my end, and I'll leave you guys to do whatever you're doing, and then just hit me back on my comm when you're near the prison. A blaster bolt streams by your faces and hits the cantina. Was that blaster fire? Oh my God. Sawyer is just like beside himself. Uh, I would love to say something witty here, but I think at this point uh, he's smarter than that and it is duck and cover. Although as he's duck and covering and he's like trying to like, he's doing one of those run with the brandy things so that it tries not to spill out of the glass. (laughs) 
He's doing the big Lebowski. <laughs> Take it easy. There's a beverage here. Yeah, he's, he's, oh. he's got a beverage, you know? So he's like waving around the glass as though like it'll avoid the shock of, of him like serpentining down this dust road trying to find cover. I'm really getting tired of this sniper. Oh my God. All right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who knew he would still be there? Who goes out the same door? It's been four minutes. <laughs> We're learning. I mean, this is our first real combat here. We're not trained Navy SEALs. I'm like a, I'm a con man. I'm just now becoming a bounty hunter, Greg. I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, so before you do any of that, I mean, you can do whatever you want with your drink, but before we duck for cover or make any movements, roll for initiative you are in an alleyway behind the cantina and it leads straight to where the gunfire is coming from but also to the square the cantina is like you walk just recently walked out the door but the problem now is the door to the cantina has closed one success one threat for beck two successes one threat for sawyer jacks zero successes one advantage one success, three advantages. So it should be Sawyer Jacks first, and then Vec, and then the sniper. Why don't you both roll me a perception check? Let's go against, um, it's, well, it's daytime. You're looking for a sniper against two difficulty. Since you guys both rolled successes, I will say this. Sawyer Jacks, you are, you're a little bit closer to cover um, and it's it's not just concealment I mean you have some legitimate cover there and and this is is in the form of like like these large they're just big stone bench seats that are right outside of the cantina doors to the right and the left large enough to get a, a human uh, behind um, and use for for cover in a gunfight you both are able to see the rooftops and it does look like the sniper has moved, but with, with a roll that decent that succeeded, I'm gonna give you guys both the gift of being able to see where your sniper is. He's on the roof, he's at a medium distance to the left of the back door of the cantina. Before, he was all the, cleared down in the square. If you went all the way down to the end of that uh, alleyway that you were in, it was where the square was, and he was up on top of those buildings there. He has since moved, and now he's on a building at medium range, which is up to the left of your location. Upper left. So you both can see him, and he is actively engaging you. Um, he's pointing at you, so the threat is real. It looks like uh, you guys are going to have a shot at, at this guy. Sir Jax runs, bobbing and weaving with his drink in his resplendent robes to this bench, where he goes under, he, he, he sort of dives under the bench, and he's holding his he's holding his drink now, looking back at Vec Dugo and says, We really did come back out the same door, didn't we? I just throw my hands up. It's been a rough morning. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is clearly our first time at this. And the sniper yells back, Clearly! So, so, 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer takes a moment here. He's just kind of behind the bench and he's kind of rethinking a lot of things. And he's just kind of casually <laughs> sipping on his drink now, whatever's left of it in the glass, <laughs> while he, you know, is, is more upset at himself than anybody else for making such an idiotic move to go back out the same door into the shooting range only four minutes after being pinned down by sniper fire. We should have been smarter than this. And so Sawyer's having like a grumbling uh, drink here. When he's finished with his drink, he sort of peeks his head up real fast and then and then puts it down just to, to have a, a quick confirmation that he knows where this guy is. So he pops his head up, pops it right back down. I assume that he did not get shot <laughs> during that time. It was, it was very fast, very fast. Nope, nothing happened. Nothing happened. But you did, you still, you confirmed, you can see where he's at. Yeah, I know where this guy is at now. I would like to know if there is any cover, given that I know where he is now, that I can put myself in cover to try to get from here to the building that he is at. Yes, there is. And um, you had a really good perception check, so I'll, I'll add to what you're seeing. As you move down the alleyway where you're at, there are planters, like long rectangular planters in the very center of the alleyway. They're decorative. And there's some, look like there were some nice desert type trees that were in there, but they're not well maintained. So the desert trees are now dead. There's sticks, but the concrete rectangle planters filled with dirt are still there. They kind of run along down periodically, like there's one and there's about a five foot space and there's another one all the way down the length of this alleyway. There are, as we talked about last episode, we talked we talked about the large potted plants that are there with the dead plants. Those are still there. And then it looks like there's some piping and stuff that you might be able to hide behind that are coming off of the buildings. And then it looks like each building actually has like a ladder for roof access. Ooh, ooh. Okay, Sawyer points to Vec Dugo. He, he sort of waves. <laughs> It's not very tactical. He's kind of like waving his arms to try to get Vic Dugo's attention. So now he's sure that they know that it, that, that we're talking to each other. And he's satisfied with that response. It's the least military thing ever, but they're now waving at each other. And he points at Vec and he points upwards to tell him to take the high ground. And then he points at himself and he points down towards the building at ground level. And so he's trying to get Vec to be like, okay, Vec, you're going to take the high ground here and I'm going to go run down the alley and try to, uh, and try to, you know, get enough cover that I can go into the bottom of the building that he's in while Vec Dugo goes up in the top. Because I figure Vec is further away and so it's going to be easier for me to maybe work my way down here without getting murdered. I wave back emphatically. Okay, so you this is just all communication at this point, but just dialogue in between you guys. You have not made a move or anything yet. Because it's, it's your turn. Well, I'm just kind of telling him what's going on. Yes. So that's my that that's like half of my turn is basically telling this guy. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take my my whiskey glass and I'm gonna wing my whiskey glass as hard as I can towards the uh towards uh the other side of the alleyway here. Um to try at vainly and, and feebly at any sort of distraction. And then I'm making a run for it uh, down the alley using whatever I can as cover uh, to try to get to the bottom of the building that he is in. 
So I want to I want to try to close the distance to him so that he doesn't have a long look at me so that he's got to like look down. Okay. Type of thing. So how what's the distance that you're that you're trying to to make it here? What are you trying to make it to? I want to make it to the next piece of cover. You know, okay. uh, maybe like maybe like 15 meters or something like that. Like a little squirrely run to the next piece of cover. Okay. So I throw the whiskey glass to try to distract him and then I just just run serpentine down the the side of the street using whatever perception I can to try to put cover between me and him. Okay. And the, the whiskey glass does absolutely nothing. Um, you, you, <laughs> well, and you can tell disappointing. he's, <laughs> you can tell he's, uh, from what you're able to see, he's helmeted. So he may have some, he may have some kind of targeting system or, or something going on in there. But, um, he, his, you can see the helmet, the helmet didn't move. Like the, he, he saw the, the glass, maybe followed it with his eyes, but he did not follow it with his head. This is going to go badly. <laughs> <laughs> so he 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 watches you start to move. And as you start to make your move, like he takes a shot and that shot hits just right behind you. But you safely make it to cover. Oh, sweet. All right. So I'm further down the road. You're you are at the next piece of cover. I love it. Un yeah. Unfortunately, you're a little closer to him at this point, but you're still behind a good amount of cover. Love it. Feck. Okay. So um, during that engagement, while Sonny was, you know, like pointing where I need to be going, uh, what I was doing was waving with one hand and giving him an unkind gesture with another and running towards the closest ladder to that would take me to a roof. Okay. So you're, you're taking, you're making a move to the building. Yes. Okay. I, I want to make a move to the building. To uh, to climb. Okay. If you can picture you're staring uh, where the back of the cantina was, you're looking out. He's up on the building off to the left on the on the top of that roof, and you're heading toward the ladder. And, and I was saying, like, there's it looks like there's ladders for roof access on every single one of these buildings all the way down. Um, so you are going to the ladder of the building that he is on. Yeah. And is that the only move that you're going to make is to that ladder? I want to climb that ladder. I want to get right up in there. Okay, so go ahead and roll me an athletics check against three difficulty. JB, JB, I think you should argue for a bonus dice here because the guy was focused on me. Do that. Oh, Sonny. Hmm. Okay. Whatever you heard us, hang on. Hey, I want to argue this. His focus was not on me. He was focused was on the guy who attempted to throw a bottle to distract him. That's a really good point. I think that you should heavily consider that. <laughs> I don't think he knows we talked. This is working. Things are happening. Duly noted. I think that's a great argument from your alter ego. And what we're going to do, we're going to keep the difficulty the same because it, this is still a difficult thing for you to do. However, I'm going to allow you a blue boost die. One failure, one advantage. One failure, one advantage. Okay, so with the advantage, you are able to make it to the ladder, but that is as far as you get. Um, the reason being is because as you were, with that failure, as you were getting up, you were kind of in a track stance and you slipped a little bit, but you, and that causes attention to divert to you. Now he didn't get a shot off on you, but you didn't get as far as you wanted to get in that single turn. So 
You weren't able to scurry up the ladder, but you were able to make it across the ground to the base of the building and get to the base of the ladder. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Now, what that does do is that does not allow him to be able to see you. Because remember, he was he's tucked back down behind a parapet. He's not he's gonna have to completely expose himself to see you. What he's gonna do is just that. Like he he realizes that the person in the robes is kind of a wuss, and he's he is gonna hedge that bet. And he is going to relocate from his cover and peek over to try and get a shot at you. Mm-hmm. Was it the glass <laughs> that gave it away? <laughs> no, I think it was the resplendent the resplendent robes that did it. Now, with with him peeling over like that, does this offer me an an opportunity to fire on him? Well, your whatever you're doing ends before his movement starts. Yeah. So, if unless you had anything else you wanted to do on your turn, nope. Okay. Nope. I'm good. So then he's gonna take a shot at you from close. I guess that would not be close range. We'll call that medium range. Okay. So I am going in my build pool for for this shot. I'm gonna add a setback die because I don't think it's it's fair that this is not a normal shot. Like he's hanging over the side of a parapet of a building, shooting straight down. So that should afford you a little bit of an advantage with his aim. And somewhere deep in the back recesses of his mind, he is distracted by a glass that shattered off another building. <laughs> Two failures, two advantages. He takes uh, he takes a sh two shots in rapid fire, just boom, boom, and he misses you on the right and the left. However, his advantage is that he scared he f scared you so much by those very heavy blaster bolts. That's these are heavy blaster bolts, okay? <laughs> From fifteen feet in the air, which is now you know medium to closer closer range, he scared the crap out of you. So he has set you off of where you were climbing the ladder. You're going to have to reset yourself and get back to that ladder because he kind of blew you off balance a little bit. But he did miss, did not hit. I want to reiterate, not like I'm trying to give you guys any clues or anything here, but you now have a sniper that's hanging off the side of a building. He's exposed. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I like you guys. I want you to succeed. But... I'm also not going to hand you everything. So there's that. Okay. So what's the distance that, uh, what's the distance that Sawyer Jex has to this guy now? Because from, I'm still in the bottom of this, this alley slash courtyard area. Um, and now the sniper is hanging over the side, taking close range shots at poor Vec Dugo, uh, just hanging off the side of the building. So, uh, what kind of range am I at here? You are, as the crow flies, you're anywhere from 30 to 35 yards from your person Oof. to his person. That is a long ways for a handgun, right? That for a, for a holdout blaster, 35 yards would be a heck of a ways. Now, he, don't forget, he is looking straight down. You could move and take a shot. Yes. Oh, no. 
we're moving. We're, I mean, like as soon as that's the plan is as soon as he starts leaning over doing that, I see daylight, right? right. Like I am booking and you trip it. over your resplendent robes in a puff <laughs> of dust. I was kind of hoping the advantage that you were going to have on Vec Dugo was that he like dropped his gun and hit Vec in the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as this sniper leans down like that, uh, Sawyer realizes that he's not being fired at. The guy is not looking at him. And so he is booking it down that alley. He wants to get into the building that the sniper is in, or at least close enough to the next piece of cover that he can have an actual uh, shot at this guy to, you know, if not to hit him, to definitely uh, put him off of his game so that uh, Vec Dugo can get onto the roof and take care of this guy. Okay, so you are, I mean, you know. So I'm running. I'm running, running, running. You are, you're running towards cover. There is no door to the building on the side that you're on. There's no like alleyway door. It looks like the doors for this particular building are either on the side or on the complete opposite side of the alley that you're on. That would be the front of that particular building. So you have cover you can get to, or you can make it to a spot in between two buildings, but you're going to probably step over Vec Dugo because he's currently on the ground scrambling from two blaster bolts that basically hit at his feet. My plan is still that I want Vec Dugo on that roof to find this guy, because if it comes to a fight in close combat, I want my gank friend mercenary bounty hunter in uh, training uh, to be able to take care of this guy. Me, on the other hand, I am like kind of a distraction at this point, um, but I think that I can be a good one. So what I'm going to try to do, if you can roll with me on this, is I'm going to take cover in the street in some sort of position that makes him look away from Vec Dugo and back forward out to me. So the idea is I'm going to run to get to that cover and then reach out with my holdout blaster and fire into this guy that's hanging over the edge. So directly at the base of the same building that he's hanging over is another mm -hmm. bench. The same benches that were right outside. Uh, it's a big, it's a block bench that you can hide behind. Now, granted, he's above you, so you're going to have limited cover, but it's still something for you to be able to get behind. It's far enough away that this guy is not directly over top of me, right? He's not directly over top of you. I would call it probably a 10% angle. Okay. If that helps. Right. Like, there's no point for me standing underneath him if he's hanging out over top of this thing. He's just going to shoot me right no. in the top of the head. <laughs> no. A, <laughs> a skilled shooter would probably get to that cover, roll on their back, and aim up. But... You're probably not no, a skilled shooter. I'm, I'm, so. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a clown car rolling down the street. <laughs> okay, then you tell me what you want to do, and we will make some little some little dice that'll make it work. This is what we're gonna do. So Sawyer Jack, Sawyer Jacks, it's like he's yelling. He's yelling. Like out loud as he's doing it, serpentine, serpentine. <laughs> he's running down the street, going to the cover, and he, in his mind, he gracefully draws his blaster as he pulls it out. But in reality, it's like an absolute debacle. Like the, his right hand won't go right into the thing, and so now he's got both his right and his left hand on his right 
side trying to get his gun out of his oh dear his resplendent robes <laughs> because it's been stuck in there for so long he hasn't fired it in like years so he's getting it all out of the robes and he he hits the cover and he just aims the thing up there and he he just starts pulling the trigger in the general direction of this dude Okay, what is the position that he is in right now? Is he on a knee? Is he standing up? Is he on his back? He uh, he's probably like he probably just like dove into the cover because the cover is the primary thing for him, right? Like he needs to make it to the cover because he's mostly concerned about himself still. And so he gets to the cover, then draws the gun and he's like on, on his back sort of getting up, uh, maybe uh, making sure that he's, 95% behind the cover before he pulls the trigger. Of course he did. Okay, so he is 95% behind the cover. I have a couple things that I, that I want to figure out here. So I'm going to have you roll an athletics check just to see how what body positioning you landed into, and we'll have you do that against one difficulty. <laughs> you will be shocked to know that I'm not very athletic. But... Outstanding. Sawyer Jax has rolled two successes and two threats. Outstanding. Okay, that's a great roll. I had a specific reason that I wanted you to do that because as a shooter would know, your body positioning is everything. So if you're trying, if you're on one knee and you're trying to get up, you're not going to be as accurate as to where if you have a good backstop, you're going to be way more accurate. Yeah, so Sawyer Jax does not know that. He does not know that. <laughs> I know he doesn't know that, but sometimes things magically happen. So what ends up happening with, with a roll that good, which, which I like, is he is able to make it to that next spot of cover. Now, the angle does not afford him the full cover that he wants. He's only about halfway in. So as part of his body, it's sticking out, and that's where your two threats come in, okay? Now, his two successes are that he is able to roll in a puff of dust, but he's able to roll to where he is on his back, but he has his blaster punched out and the backdrop for the backdrop that he's laying up against is providing him a good amount of stability for this shot. Lucky dog. He is a lucky dog. So I want you to, um, to whatever your role is here, we're going to call it because you're shooting up. We're going to call it one difficulty, but I also want you to add a boost die. Sawyer Jax is going to fire his military holdout blaster at the sniper with one boost. Here we go. One success, one advantage. It was like he was born for this. But everybody knows he wasn't. He just got real lucky. <laughs> Including himself. He's a little bit surprised with himself. Although in his mind, he's like, yeah. <laughs> that is an awesome hit. One success, one advantage. So the hit doesn't fully incapacitate him. You hit him directly in the center of the chest. I mean, it's it's a dead, a dead nuts shot. The problem is our enemy sniper has some pretty good armor on. What it does at that range with your holdout blaster is it it stuns him pretty hard. It doesn't do a whole lot of damage to him, but it sets him on his butt. I mean, you see his, his body just flails back over the parapet and you hear a big thud. He's obviously off of his feet. Pretty solid hit right there. Is there anything that you'd like to do on your turn? Anything else? I, I mean... I, I just want to get back under the cover. That's that's pretty much it. I guess I'd look over at Vec Dugo and, you know, if he can see me at all, I, I'm just pointing feverishly like, get up there, get up there. Now's your chance. 
you have the opportunity now because he's on his back and he's back behind the parapet on the roof. You have time to tuck into cover at this point. He can't counter you. There's nothing else he can do. So you, at this point, are, are safe behind cover. And if that's the last of your turn, then we're going to turn it over to Vec. When you say parapet, is that like a ledge? Like a Correct. Yeah. So at the very top of a roof, a parapet would be like a small, like a pony wall that runs the perimeter of the roof. And it's the, the meaning for it is to hide like air conditioning units and stuff like that on the top of the roof. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, just to, so he's on his back uh, and that this ladder, I'm assuming you said that he's about 15 feet up. So this ladder is 15 feet high. Yeah, a okay. standard I, standard floor be about probably 12 to 15 feet. I think you'd be able to get up that. All right. Uh, realizing what's taking place, uh, I immediately bolt for that ladder and just start climbing. Like animalistically, just la- like just climbing, 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 climbing. That With that vertical move, I'm going to have you roll me another athletics check. Um, you were having to get up from a down position, because remember those blaster bolts kind of set you on your butt, even though they didn't hit you or didn't damage you. They set you back a little bit off the off the base of that ladder. So I'm going to have you roll me an athletics check against um, one difficulty, because you're having to get up, and we'll see where you land on the speed of you ascending the ladder. One success, three advantages. One success, three advantages. That is outstanding. Okay. You are able to scurry to your feet. I remember this entire time, as far as you know, the enemy sniper is flat on his back because you just you got center punch in the chest by a blaster bolt. During that time period, you're able to take advantage of that situation, knowing what you saw and heard, scurry up the ladder, and... As you're climbing over the ladder, you look down. And as you look down, like I'm giving you everything here because one success, three advantages, you're clearly in control of the situation now. As you step over, you notice a, he's about a, looks like maybe about a medium-sized human on his back, or you don't know he's a human. He's a medium-sized humanoid, right? Biped. He's on his back. He's scurrying to get up, but he, he he clearly took a shot to the center of the chest and he hurts and, and it hurt him. He is in medium armor. The armor is is worn. It's pretty dirty. It's it's you can tell it's kind of a, a black tone. It, it looks pretty high tech. Like you think this guy probably spent some money on this. He is holding a you don't know what type, but he is holding a heavy blaster rifle. It looks like he does have a sidearm on him as he's scurrying up. And you do notice that he has a like a black and silver helmet on with a T-shape in the front of the visor. Oh, <laughs> oh Billy, <laughs> this makes me happy. <laughs> Ooh, this is like a buffet. You got so many options. You just... You have made it all the way up to the top of the ladder. You are throwing your second leg over the parapet, and you are now standing over the sniper. Who is this vexatious sharpshooter plaguing the progress of Vec and Sawyer? 
Could he be the least accurate sniper in the entire galaxy? Will the duo be able to nab some of that fat loot? Find out on the next episode of Wild Space RPG. Hello, I'm D3A0, Protocol Droid, and thank you for tuning in to Wild Space. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell your friends. Consider subscribing and leaving us a review. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at WildSpaceCorp to stay updated. For all of our content, find us on the holonet at WildSpaceCorp.com. Email your transmissions to WildSpaceCorp at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 202-743-6120. Thank you, and see you next time on Wild Space.